1: Again, from Magnaflow at SEMA 2017, it's Universe Podcast. Dan, Dan from Dynan. How the hell are you doing, man? Good, good, Chris. Uh,
0: another year, and here we go.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, we had the yearly thing with, with Steve before when he was still part of the company, and now and now you've become the face.
0: Apparently. It's
1: always a, always a pleasure to be here. If you could do me a favor, just a little closer on the mic, and I know it's a pain in the ass, oh, no worries, but yeah, I end up, as you can see, I end up leaning on the table to make sure I've got good... Uh, Good uh, gotcha. microphone etiquette, if you will. So, um, so obviously, the parent company is, keeps, keeps expanding and expanding. Yeah, we've definitely had some big growth this year. We uh, we acquired uh, APR. Yeah, and that was very recently. Uh, my buddy Corey, that you know is uh, one of your PR representatives, was was like, "Dude, we're gonna get these guys too." And I'm like, "Nice fit," because now you guys cover basically everything German.
0: That's oh no, it's really exciting. Uh, I mean, we've got. Uh, We've got the BMW and Mini side covered, and uh, now we've got the, uh, the Volkswagen Audi Group covered. Yeah, some Porsche thrown in there and a little Lamborghini just for good measure.
1: Just for good measure. There's nothing wrong with a little Lamborghini Never for some good is. measure. Yeah, oh, it's... my God. Now if they would just start turbocharging those as well. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a normally aspirated motor uh, very much, and I'll be sad when they're gone. Yep. But uh, the fact that just thinking of what those people would do with it, it would be insane. Oh, absolutely. And, and yes, I'm
0: with you in the normally aspirated engine, uh, but you got to love the power that a turbocharger brings
1: to the market. It's oh, like yeah. so much fun. Well, it's like my little Fiesta. It makes, like, 230, 240 horsepower with, a, rel- with a very, very drivable, mild tune, thanks to the mountain people.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, no, absolutely. Yeah. And those guys are relatively, well, relatively speaking, those guys are, are competition for you in Europe. I mean, they're not... On BMW, but they're touching all the Ford stuff too. Sure, so no, absolutely. I, I put you guys like very much in the same category. I know those guys pretty well too, and like they take—they don't fuck around with their engineering either. Yeah, no, and,
0: and that's a magic, really.
1: Yeah. Well, and so you guys are here back here this year. What uh, what are the new products that um, that you're really trying to push at SEMA and make everybody aware of? Well, uh, this year was kind of an unusual year for us, and, and
0: uh, kind of capped by the whole APR. Uh, bringing APR into the fold, mm-hmm. uh, we spent uh, probably about five or six months developing products for the Volkswagen the Audi group, uh, oh. and I mean it was it was something completely out of our comfort zone. Yeah, um, and in the midst of all that, you know, the the, the acquisition of the uh, APR group came into us into uh, into it for us. So. The, the cool thing is, is it allowed us to go back to our to our roots, to our DNA, uh, refocus on the BMW, focus side. strictly BMW, because
1: yeah. there was there was some playing around with other markets. I, there was an AMG product or two in there at one point as well, right?
0: I mean, if you go back far enough, uh, we were doing some work with some Cadillacs, and, you know, back in the '90s, late '90s, early 2000s. I didn't even realize that. Uh, so yeah, we've always kind of dabbled in in, in a lot of these things. And in the hopes of one day just just finding something that fit into our little niche Mm -hmm. and take advantage of. Um, And we thought that the top end of the Audi group was going to be that and. We kind of struggled with it a little bit, just because we didn't know the. the model. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's funny we go like, "Oh, the variety of one German luxury maker to another." We kind of, you know, I kind of roll my eyes a little bit and I go, "Yeah," but they are fundamentally. I mean, the design philosophies between the between, especially the Audi VW stuff and the BMW stuff, is very very different. Oh, absolutely. Um, I I think I might rather shoot myself before work on another Audi product. Uh, they make some very nice cars, but God. Damn it! Are they a and pain in the ass to pull apart? I reserve comment on that. No, work, I know. Right? I know you, you. have to be. You have to be nice. I can no, be no. completely impartial. Uh,
0: the uh, yeah, I mean, it's it was like I said, it was it was a little bit of a challenge for us. Um, and when you know when APR came into the fold, uh, we were able to let go of that and and refocus onto the re reinitiating our love affair with a mini <laughs> is a big thing for us right now. Um, We've kind of walked away from that for a few years. Uh, And the current generation of Mini is is rebounded as far as as acceptance by the public. So uh, one of the big growth areas for us this year was to develop uh, engine tunes for the Mini, uh, exhaust
1: for the Mini, well, it's a much more accessible market than the BMW is for many people because as much as nice as, you know, all the the products that you guys have made in that field for a long time, they are a little upmarket versus, you know, the Mini stuff which is, you know, the cars 10, 20, 30 grand cheaper sometimes.
0: Absolutely. And they, and they share the bar, the same power plants from the BMW
1: side. So a lot of that is, is 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 easy to migrate over. Is it basically the same is the four cylinder turbo being shared? Is that what it is? Correct. Okay. And, the, and the
0: three-cylinder turbo.
1: Okay. Turbo. I was going to ask, is BMW using the three th- uh, yeah. three-cylinder? What yeah. are they putting it in? In some of the two-series. Okay. And those are front-wheel drive, right? Yeah, uh, rear drive.
0: Oh, On no, no. no. I'm side. thinking
1: of the next-gen one series, yeah. I think it was. Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize that they were putting a three-cylinder in the two-series. Uh, they, uh, they got the, what's the B38. Ouch. Yeah. Um, do they even sell it in this country? I don't think they sell them in this country. Okay, that's why I haven't seen it. Yeah. Okay, makes sense that they'd sell it in Europe just because sure. the fuel is so damn expensive. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. I had uh, your M2 for several days. That was a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. I like your other cars, but I like the small ones the best. The yeah. 1M, as much as I love the M2, the 1M was probably my favorite press car I've ever had. Uh, And I know it's very well beloved within your organization. Oh, it is. uh, Because it's the last, like, analog BMW. Absolutely. Uh, Not that there's anything wrong with the new ones, but, I mean, there's something special about
0: that car. No, absolutely. I mean, when when Steve brought that in for us, uh, and he made it a halo car for us, which was, I mean, it was a 700 and change into
1: this country of that model. Uh, They haven't lost a dime in value. No, they have not. You could have 80,000 miles on it, and it still sells for $45,000. Yep. Every last one of those sells for between forty five dollars and $60,000. Yeah, that. but that was, that was that. was an awesome car. I mean, it yeah. was, was so I, much fun. I had a, I have an opportunity to buy one. I just don't have 60 grand at the moment to yep. spend on one. There's a, there's a gentleman down the street selling a very, very minty one with about 20,000 miles on it in wow. orange, and I'm like, ooh, that'd be nice to have. But, <laughs> eh, that, a, back to that M2 though. That that's that's not far from that it. M2. They, it was um, had it with the. Of course, that it was with the dual clutch transmission, which is a nice little change just in terms of variety from from the one M. And the, that's a very different mm-hmm. dynamic in that chassis. Absolutely. Because obviously, with the one M, there's enough delay because we're you know filthy human meat bags mm-hmm. that can only shift so fast. Whereas you know you get the dual clutch. It's just like I was changing gear mid corner. Didn't matter. Yeah. Didn't matter no upset in the power whatsoever so the chassis was just like okay no problem that in seven speed right i believe so yeah yeah, seven, yeah. so pretty close ratio so yeah, it yeah. Was
0: and just it just sings when it goes through the gears totally. yeah
1: I, it's so as far as like are the is the m2 stuff selling really well for you guys the two series stuff the, or yeah, the m2 itself yeah that whole package the big turbo i mean that's that's been a real popular
0: package for us yeah uh, and it makes more power than anybody really needs, and, and it just and that the balance of the car is awesome. The size is perfect for fun.
1: Well, it's the size that the E46 used to be, right? Yeah, exactly. it, it's you know I I love the products, you know, and, and this everybody's guilty of it, but they for whatever reason decide they need to keep expanding the size of them. Sure. And it's just like you end up now with uh, the three and the four series, the size of what the five series was, right. and then the seven series is the you know it's like a it's like a military class vehicle at this point. It's so fucking it's huge. huge. Oh, it's huge. It's are you guys doing anything with the seven series?
0: Uh, we have uh, engine tune for that, and we just developed an exhaust for that. And it's kind of it's always been not a big market for us. But I couldn't
1: imagine it would be, but it's still you've
0: got a few weirdos that are you like you got to do it. Yeah. You're dining,
1: you got to do it. What what motor are you guys playing with in those cars?
0: It's still the uh, the BMW N63. that's
1: okay. it's a V8 twin turbo. Okay, so that's the one you're dealing. With. You're not because they do make the six cylinder variant of that as well, right?
0: Uh, yeah, no, like a 740. Yeah, uh, and again, we we do have a tune for that. The exhaust, we don't. We've never migrated that over to to the 740. Uh, Our customer base that is looking for that, for something for us, uh, from us, for that 7 Series is the V8 guy.
1: Oh, yeah, because they just want the big Luxo barge, but they'd also like to make the M class power. Sure, exactly. Not that the stock motor there's anything wrong with it, but no. obviously you guys crank that up a yeah, bit. Yeah. Now is that entirely via piggyback? Now is that how all uh,
0: on those? Uh, not, yeah, actually, the entire generation of cars that we have today is it's all piggyback based.
1: Yeah, because those uh, bastards went and encrypted all their ECUs. Yeah, yeah, the encryption, <laughs>
0: the, the encryption it just kept getting more and more intense every year. Yeah, um, uh, th- this generation, you know, I'm sure we've chatted about this before, but this generation we had probably a year worth of computing time uh, with computers running 24-7 trying to break that encryption and didn't even put a dent in it.
1: No. I mean, if you're running... Anything from 512 bits up, good luck. Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. Yeah, that's probably 4096 bit encryption, but that's that's computer science stuff, and yeah. I'll leave that for another data talk. Because that. <laughs> yeah, no.
0: At, at that point, Steve Dynan said, "You know, if we, we need we need to bring stuff to market." So, yeah, uh, you know, we were we have always been very uh, you get into the ECU and do the tune on the ECU itself. Uh, so it kind of was a departure for us, um, and it, it's. It, it, we've been successful with it, so it's it's been um, uh, the market has has embraced it, uh, and well, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, it, I don't exactly. know
1: anybody else that's broken into the
0: ECUs on those. So, yeah, not not without massive cutting into the ECUs and doing yeah. them. where there are people that do that, and I'm sure that if we did that,
1: well, you guys have warranties to maintain. Exactly right. <laughs> well, that's the beautiful thing is that you know, as as we talked about on the show prior most you can walk into like most of the BMW dealers and get your stuff as a package and then Absolutely. it rolls out the door like it was no different than BMW sold it. Absolutely. So, and, and they talk and the BMW people tolerate you as well. Yeah. Right. Which <laughs> helps. So, okay. So the M2 stuff, is that kind of your big seller now or what's, what's, uh, what's hitting really hard as far as sales goes? This the year? biggest
0: thing for us really is the, uh, the three series and the four series, just the the mainstream 335 and 435.
1: Okay. Uh, it's surprising to me that... I'm surprised that more of the enthusiasts haven't migrated to the 2-series platform rather than...
0: I am actually as well. Okay. Um, uh, the M3, M4 group is
1: pretty huge. Um, they they were always been... They're always pretty big. Yeah. Um, well, but I mean, they're, uh, they are the mark by which that entire segment was ab- judged for a long absolutely. time. Absolutely. Absolutely right. Um, but yeah, the... the
0: one of the, the, the moves that we have made in the last 12 calendar uh, months is to take the, the Dynan brand and bring it down um, and present it to a wider group of people. So a lot of our products and a lot of our pricing strategy on some of the uh, the 2- and 3-series 4-cylinder cars and the four, the 4-cylinder four cars and some of the entry-level 6-cylinder cars is bringing the pricing down so that a lot of the clients that in the past could only long for getting into a dining car can embrace it a little
1: bit. Well, it's a little, as we were talking about with the mini thing, it's a little more price sensitive uh, when you're talking the four cylinder cars, I'm sure. Absolutely. And rather than handing them over to a competitor's product, right. you may as well grab the dollars.
0: And, and the way we're looking at it, a lot of, a lot of these guys, are, 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 are a lot of these clients, are, are, are people that are coming. You know, coming out of school, getting, this is their first real job, first yeah. real car. These guys are going to be the end guys 10 years from now.
1: Well, and it's not like those four-cylinder engines suck. No. no. They're not, like, it's not, they're not the wheezy things they once were. I mean, they're all making over 200 horsepower. We got, to, which, we got to
0: make them both making over 300, 300 Yeah, but, I mean, just
1: from the factory, I mean, it's oh, not absolutely. like, and, and not just BMW, but, I mean, everybody's, everybody's doing, everybody's everybody's doing it. it now where it's, you know, I, I remember, you know, when you were lucky, if a V eight was making two hundred horsepower, that's
0: true. That's very true.
1: You know, I mean, those were some dark days, but at the same yeah. time, it was you know we've come a long way in just the last ten years. Yeah, fuel uh, management's amazing. Yeah. So as far on the fuel management front, um, injectors tend to be kind of you know with direct injection that tends to be kind of a pain in the ass for a lot of people. How are you guys managing that in terms of being able to get the um, the duty cycle and the and the and the flow on those down so you're not maxing them out.
0: The, uh, the challenge for us is, is definitely there. Um, and um, obviously we're limited by the capabilities of the engine, the capabilities of the fuel delivery systems, fuel pumps, high-pressure pumps, and the low-pressure pumps. And it, that is a big challenge for us. Uh, and there are cars that um, we can't make the power we expect that on paper we should be able to make. Because of these limitations, They're just out of fuel. they just out of fuel. Yeah, so um, I'm guessing
1: probably the V8s largely sixes. The sixes, The sixes are running. So, yeah. Have you guys actually been able to source uh, another um, another supplier for the injectors on those to get something? The, the injectors is not the
0: problem, okay. believe it or not. It's it's uh, the problem that we have seen is the delivery of fuel to the high pressure pump from the in tank low pressure pump.
1: Ah, so the, the engine the
0: engine's capable. Yeah. But getting the pump, getting the fuel from the fuel tank up into the the high pressure pump to feed the injectors has been the issue. So you
1: guys have actually it's you don't have the convenience of being able to just throw a big Walbro in there or something like that. Correct. Okay. So yeah. So
0: a, a lot a lot of our limitations today in tuning. Are, are, are the direct result of, of, of running out of fuel. I, I've
1: been seeing some interesting stuff on that. Um, like uh, Classic Recreations and Jason Engel over there has been doing, selling kits where it's, um, they're using like an LSA style fuel pump. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got a pretty interesting system worked out on there. But of course, I mean, you guys are a different standard entirely. But I mean, that seems to be. Fuel seems to be kind of the problem at large with the industry it right does. now.
0: It does, and it's 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 all it's since we went to this direct injection. Yeah, um, I mean, initially the first the first four years of this direct injection, we were well. BMW famously oh, had major problems. Absolutely, um, and you know, for a lot for initially, we were getting you know, Dynam was getting blamed for a lot of it because we were putting too much of demand on it. We're going like, nah, no, the stock cars were failing too. The stock cars are failing as well, so. Uh, yeah, so uh, you know, on that level, it had been for, since since it, and, and everybody else has gotten direct injection has chased it on one level or another. Uh, so yeah, as far as that end of it goes, we've uh, we've li- we've been limited even today. I mean, they figured out a lot of the high pressure pump problems, they figured out a lot of the, the injector problems, and uh, we just are simply running out of, of delivery from the from the fuel tank.
1: Yeah, is is do you guys foresee having a solution for that or?
0: The hard thing for us is, uh, honestly, that the the fuel pump is such an integrated part of the emission system on the car that trying to keep things smog legal, trying to keep things, you know, uh, so that we it's don't... A major up,
1: expenditure. Uh, exactly. The, yeah.
0: the, the return on, 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 on putting a pump into that thing that could resolve our issues, the cost to do that is just going to be prohibitive.
1: Yeah. I, I didn't think about it from that angle in terms of... Uh well, I mean, obviously the emissions thing, but even just getting it to to integrate into the to, to existing BMW to the di- the, without yeah, the
0: onboard diagnostic. without throwing all kinds of codes. Absolutely right. Yeah, uh,
1: that's it. Sucks, but at the same time, you work with what you got. Yep,
0: exactly. And, and I think that's the end of the day. I mean, we could make a lot more power. I mean, the BMW product is a wonderful product.
1: Uh, the BMW um, stuff is the like the fueling systems and things like that. Are they relatively plug and play between the different um, models in the lineup?
0: No, I mean one of the things that we looked at is taking an M3 M4 pump, yeah, a fuel tank, and putting it into putting the four-cylinder and 8 pump
1: into the six-cylinder. Uh, yeah, I mean you know, stuff yeah.
0: that we it was you know, it was part of what we all grew up, kind of grew up and cut our teeth on. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, that uh, the, the pumps are designed completely different. And like I said, we took an M3 M4 pump and wanted to put it into a, an M2 mm-hmm. uh, or a 435, and it just it wasn't happening.
1: I, that kills me. It's like why are the manufacturers like they reinvent the wheel all Absolutely. the time with this shit. Yeah. That's the one thing I love about working on Hondas. Everything is plug and play. Everything's interchangeable in those cars. They're the best cars to work on, and I've worked on a lot of shit. Uh-huh. Are best, but you know you work with what you got. Uh, yeah, it's exactly it. So you you're probably getting like a mix of different like Bosch stuff in some cars, and then you know maybe whoever the hell's in another else in another. Is yes, that kind of what the, it is.
0: Yeah, as far as the manufacturers go, yeah. the PC, Yeah, um, and and it varies from year to year. You know, you'll find that uh, you know. <laughs> of that, course, it does. That you know, uh, BMW will be using you know uh, one manufacturer of uh, in-tank fuel pumps for two, three years, and then they'll change to something else completely different. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's we ch- we chase we chase our tails a little bit, but to say, at the end of the day, we we as you put it, we we got to play with what we got. Yeah. Um,
1: well, once and, again, you guys are playing the warranty game, which is a whole different is, thing. Yeah, exactly. Most and of the people in this building are not playing the warranty game. Absolutely. Yeah, so, and, and frankly, a lot of them aren't playing the emissions game either. <laughs> a lot of truth to that. So, yeah. Uh,
0: you know, so we, we got to keep the players that we got to keep happy. I mean, you know, we got to keep BMW. Uh, I mean, as, you know, as always, we're kind of strange bedfellows, but we, we respect each other. So... Uh, as well, long if they,
1: as if they were going to shut you down, they uh, were going to do it a long time uh, ago. Exactly,
0: um, and you know, at the same time, we, we we do everything that we can to make sure that our products are smog legal in the state of California, which gives us kind of uh, by default a uh, happiness in the rest of the state. Well, I'd have
1: to imagine you probably have an, inor- an inordinate amount of sales within California. But we do. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and as more and more states adopt either, A, adopt California standards or, B, get more stringent in what their requirements are, um, the fact that we are a smog legal in California, it gives us... Yeah, it, it's oh, like 13
1: pass, or it's, isn't it? Like 13 or 14 states now are just they're like screw it. We'll just use the CARP standard.
0: Yeah, uh, and it's I think it's a little bit higher than that right now. It'd be, every year it seems like another two or three go yeah, on board. You may as
1: well, because but it's just yeah. You why, know, why are they all different? Right? Why why fight over it? Let's just get everybody on one standard so we're not stepping on each other's toes at the yeah, very least. Exactly. Yeah. So.
0: So yeah. All
1: right. So okay. So we're at SEMA. And obviously you've been stuck in your booth, but what do you want to get out and actually try and take a look at while you're here? That's maybe not within your world that you're like, okay, I've had enough of BMW. <laughs> I really want to go see some other shit.
0: I, I Before I got into the BMW market, before I mean, I was a big domestic guy. Okay. So, I mean, I just love to see a lot of the stuff that, that, that that's out and about. Uh, a lot of the old school stuff coming back. You know, the old chassis from the
1: '60s and '70s are making a big comeback. I love seeing the rest of mod stuff that goes and does proper suspension under them now, yeah. rather than just. It used to be uh, everybody just put a drag suspension under right. it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and we've got like uh, we've got like height suspension coming on uh, either later today or tomorrow. I can't recall which. Um, you know, and they're doing like IRS kits for everything. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you you could take something like a.
0: Take a sixty-eight, sixty-nine, seventy chassis, modernize it, and make it drivable by
1: today's standards. Seam weld it, put a little bit of extra, Absolutely. put a little bit of extra steel in it to stiffen it up, and there's no reason it couldn't handle really well. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they made them. They made them handle back when they were brand new when right? they would take them ro- road racing. There's no reason we couldn't do it now,
0: and 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 get and improve them to today's standards, which
1: you know, to, to by all rights, to, well, uh, that, and we also have the uh, the. You know, we've got the luxuries of of manufacturing now and being able to just CNC parts or three yeah. D print them. Three D print them, right? Right. Whether that's plastic or the centered you know, or the uh, centered metal, which oh. is oh goddamn cool. Yeah, yeah. No, it's huge. You guys have one of those, don't you? We don't. Oh, you
0: don't. No, I just, oh, uh. you're slumming it, dude. <laughs> yeah, you got to get one. I know.
1: Even my, I've got buddies with little small shops that have got them now. We could have have you on. No,
0: absolutely. I, I, I keep looking at my uh, at my engineering staff going like you know. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It needs, to, it needs to happen sooner rather than later. well. Like
1: it's nice just being able to play with like different impellers and stuff like that because you can just print them right up and go. Okay, let's try sure. it
0: out. Yeah, and, and you know while we're doing a lot of the uh, the engine builds and stuff uh, when we were active in uh, in the racing world, uh, it's, we a lot of clearances and stuff we we established by the build.
1: Yeah. So It it's, was. It's cool. uh, I think one of the coolest applications I saw was um, Koenigsegg uh, manufactures their own turbos, mm-hmm. uh, and they're doing it with. With the sintered, uh, you know, the sintered metal three D printing, Uh and they've got a wastegate system that is built in such a way that you couldn't manufacture it. You couldn't cast a turbo, you know, a turbo, you know. I don't even know what you call the the actual shell around it. Cartridge. The cartridge. Okay, there's Uh the official term. I never Uh knew what the Uh official term was. It's cartridge. You couldn't actually um, manufacture the cartridge with traditional casting techniques because there's integral parts that are, you know... That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, you've got... I mean, granted, Koenigseggs basically don't have a budget attached to Right, thing, right. But just, just you can do like that now where it's like, oh, yeah, we've got an entirely different wastegate system where they'll have, like, almost a Veno system inside the turbo, uh-huh. inter, you know, inside the turbo body, and it's just we're in a different world of engineering at this point
0: yeah this the stuff that's out there today the stuff that's coming I mean the stuff that couldn't is the stuff that we probably won't see in, in normal production for
1: five years or more well I want to uh, what I really want to see go into production and we, I, I doubt we even will just because uh, and here's Borla once again thank you Borla for trying to drown us out uh, yeah, I know you don't, you, you're you going to be <laughs> apolitical. I get to say this because they've been purposely doing this all day. Um, so uh, where was I going on that? I, I apologize. Production. Yes. Uh, you know, on the production stuff on that, it's just like there's so much cool stuff that you can do now. But um, like on the, I remember what I was going on about, uh, Koenigsegg, they've got those cylinder heads that are valveless. Yes. Uh, I doubt we'll ever see that go into actual production just because I think the mass market will be electric before that really right. comes out. But I really want to see those heads. I really want to see them put on something more interesting than that sob motor that they've got them on right yeah, now. Yeah. I mean, they've got that one sob motor, and they've got them on. And I think that even might just be an Ecotec four-cylinder in that car. Not sure if it's the Saab engine or the Ecotech. Yeah, but, I, was, um,
0: I haven't seen that. Uh,
1: you know, computer-actuated valving like that. I mean, it's brilliant, and the concept is brilliant. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's it's feasible. I mean, that was always the holy grail because now we have infinitely available timing, you know, right. uh, port tuning, right? And then we can do infinite, infinite timing adjustments at that point, too.
0: Sure. Yeah, the advantage, of which is what Banos was, is. Yeah. Uh, and, and I mean, that was ahead of its time. And the, the kind of power you can make because of that, I mean, it has its quirks and its problems. and Yeah. But, but still, I mean, it was brilliant.
1: So, okay. So, we've got a lot of people that listen that have, like... Um, once again, I'm going to take a little brief pause here because it's super loud exhaust going. Okay. So um, so the Vano systems, a lot of our listeners are E36, E46 type mm-hmm. people and they are buying them second, third, well, like fifth-hand cars at this point. Yeah. Um and obviously, that's a really big point of failure, especially on those older cars. What can what can our guys do on kind of like a budget to actually keep those things so that they're not seeing a huge vanus repair bill? Is there anything preventative that they uh, can do? The, the,
0: the root of the issue is oil services. Okay. You know, pure and simple. Um, if I were to pick up an E36, E46, the first thing I would do is drop all the fluids out of it, mm-hmm. get fresh fluids in there, and then put everything on a, on a really rigid schedule.
1: Uh, okay, so that's really what it comes down to. Is yeah, just the,
0: the detergents in the oil do a wonderful job of, of cleaning out uh, the passages, the
1: orifices, and the vanos units, and uh, making sure everything stays lubricated. Now we've gotten we've gotten to be kind of lazy over the last ten years of like five thousand, seven thousand yeah, miles, ten thousand. Yeah. Well, especially in Euro spec. They like to go, yeah, ten thousand miles on a, you know, uh, which yeah. is amazing. But on something like that, are you maybe 3,000 is a good idea for those I, guys? I, I really, I really believe that, yeah. um,
0: especially if you don't know the history of the car. Uh, keeping fresh oil in there, fresh detergents in there is going to do just a world of good. I mean, and you know, honestly, our our oil quality
1: today is worlds apart from where it was ten years ago. All the that synthet- all the synthetics are good. Yeah, yeah there's absolutely. really. I mean, even the even like the you O'Reilly know, brand synthetic is not horrible. Sure. I'll run it. That's why I put it in like, my mom's car when I go to do her oil change or well, something absolutely. like that. Because you know they're not making it themselves. I mean, you know, Valorant's no, doing it's it. it's coming in it it from Castle's mobile or Valorant sure, yeah, somebody. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Know. So... So you get that, so you're just saying fluid, fluid, fluid on those cars? To keep Absolutely. Them? Okay, I'll make Absolutely. sure that that gets back to a couple of friends of mine. Absolutely. So, okay, so the other thing that I've seen is E60 M5s have gotten super cheap now, and that's obviously because people have them for fear that those things are going to blow up. Why do those break at the rate that they do, do you know?
0: Uh, the entire m engine build for for gosh as far back as i can think the tolerances are really tight i mean basically they were always they were always race engines for the street mm-hmm. um and and as a as a whole you know honestly in, in dining we've always seen these things and, and and looked at them and it's the v10 and and even the the, uh, the
1: E9X M3 V8. Well, it's basically the V10 minus two cylinders, right? Exactly. Yeah.
0: I mean the, those those two beautiful, awesome engines. Oh yeah, they, uh, they're, they're fun. Th- you
1: can rev the piss out of them, and the yeah, V10 especially sing. sounds so oh. good. I mean the V8, yeah, I, I like it, but the V10, oh. Yeah, but we
0: figure these things, you know, with normal care, normal life is eighty thousand miles.
1: Okay, so don't expect more than that without a rebuild. Yeah, exactly. Okay, uh, so that's why everybody's dumping them for yeah. cheap. I mean, yeah, you obviously know that they're getting older, and that's sure. why people are dumping them. But, God, and, it's and so and tempting when they sound that they, good. Oh,
0: no, you're absolutely right, absolutely right. And, I mean, the electronics in that car, or just just the numbers of computers that are on that car, you know, I mean... It, so well, they were it, very cheap. primitive then compared to today, too. They were, um, and at the same time tried to be very...
1: Lofty goals. Absolutely.
0: It's got computers yeah. that control that that sense G loads on the car and control the side bolsters in the seat.
1: Yeah, I always found that to be one of the quirkier so, features of those cars. But that's just the tip of the iceberg of the
0: computer controlling that was going on with that car.
1: Yeah, it was a little much. I, I think that's the one thing that worries me about when German cars get older is that they go. They tend to go a little over the top on gadgets. And you're like, how much of this is going to continue to work? exactly. Yeah. Speaking of, so um, obviously we're seeing, you know, 335s and stuff like that getting, kind of, you know, the turbo cars getting up there in terms of age. Mm-hmm. How are those holding up? Uh, as
0: a group, not bad. And, and I think as long as you can kind of embrace some of the idiosyncrasies of them and, and know what you're getting into going in, the they bang for the buck is just phenomenal. The, the old N54 twin turbo, the first generation, that had that was problematic with the turbochargers, the high-pressure you know fuel pumps. Uh, at this stage of the game, most of them have been sorted out. Uh, they've got BMW's latest pumps in there, and they seem to be stable at that point. But you can make, and those things, for very, very, very little money, you can make as much power as the M3 of that generation made.
1: Yeah, there was uh, one gentleman that a while ago, uh, Matt, went and drove his car for a one-take, and he was doing like 800 on a 335. Uh, of I've course, the, the big numbers, yeah. Yeah, that, of course, I believe that car blew up two weeks later, but... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you, you can make that it did it for a little while. Yeah, absolutely, you can make
0: 400 horsepower out of that thing. Wow, oh, that's have, not even and, and have daily, have daily
1: drivability out of it, and not even worry about. Yeah. it. Yeah, uh, they they weighed, they were very conservative on the tune of that car. That
0: was yeah, uh, like most of the BMW the, the BMW engines of that era and present area. Uh, the the oil oil services are still important because we still have uh, control uh, or, uh, connecting rod bearing issues. We had the E46. Oh, really? We had the E90. We've we got into the F30. We're, we're still seeing it.
1: Are they? So. Are those still? Do those have that problems in a stock application yep. as well? Yeah. Okay. So it's just a design flaw. It's a design. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's a design problem. It's I mean, not, it's,
0: it's not a result of tuning on any level, ours or somebody else's. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it occurs. In, in normal life.
1: Okay. So, once again, you work with what you got. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's great as those cars are. They're not perfect, but yeah. show me a car that is.
0: Yeah. No, no, absolutely. And the, just the BMW drivability, is, is, you, you can't beat it.
1: Oh, I can show you. You know what? When I think of it, I can show you a car that's perfect. An early '90s Toyota or Honda—they'll <laughs> run. They're, they're the cockroaches of vehicles. They'll run after the world's been—you know—after we've gotten a war with North Korea and the entire world's been blown up. Those start things so, will still so, be running. So,
0: one of the one uh, of the inside the Dainian walls uh, uh, comments, and this is this is from Steve Dynan himself, is that the, those cars are great because they're fantastic appliances. Yep.
1: And he's right. There's nothing wrong with an appliance nope. for people that want an appliance.
0: Absolutely right. It'll keep going.
1: I, my mom's got like a 2004 Camry. And like I'm like, you're probably never going to buy another car in right. your life. It's fine. Yeah. But then there's people like us that are never really satisfied. We, get, we buy something and then like two years later, we're like, I'm bored.
0: Right. It's like, what's the next one?
1: So uh, what are you actually driving right now?
0: Uh, right now, actually... Uh, when we started playing with deciding to kind of spread our wings a little bit um, purely by accident I ended up with a Fiat Abarth the thing had 38 miles on it when my tuners got a hold of it okay Um, and it's got Probably about thirty thousand miles on it right now. It's two hundred and twenty horsepower, two hundred pound feet of torque.
1: Yeah, you're playing. It's like my Fiesta. You're in the same space. Uh, absolutely, yeah. and, it's,
0: and, it, and it weighs eighteen hundred pounds.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, so I, it it just it, it puts a smile on my face. You know, it's it's one of those simple things in life. You know, you just...
1: it's just the the thing I never got over that car was the what I call the bus driver steering wheel in it it's so weird it's like it's it's weirdly horizontal as far as this the is have you driven have you
0: driven the actual barth model yeah because it's got the fat steering wheel yeah and, it's and, like and it goes up and down so you can adjust all that out of it yeah
1: it's uh it was, there was some quirks in that car that I'm like uh, no there's a little.
0: lot of there's a lot of quirks oh, in yeah, that yeah, car. yeah. <laughs>
1: it's not a bad car no Let me put it this way the other fiats like the e and the 500 i totally get why people buy those uh-huh. especially the e because they're so cheap No, absolutely the, the e's on the used market are like five thousand dollars i mean yeah 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 show exactly. me the, yeah it's yeah. ridiculous how, because they all came off lease and they're like sure well, we can't get rid of them uh, absolutely but like the rest of the 500s uh i just can't i can't get into them, and they're
0: so underpowered
1: yeah yeah ah,
0: so that, yeah that's fun uh we just picked up our M five fifty for product development. Okay. Uh, that's a lot of fun.
1: How is that's that's with the, that's obviously the V eight twin turbo.
0: It is and uh, it's all wheel drive and it's the only way it's available. It's four wheel yeah. steer, which is unnerving as all get out.
1: The five series anything with a five series and a V V8, it's all re- all wheel drive at this point, right? I think all this is all are, Yeah. 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 Because we get the revision on the M5 that got show, uh, shown off a little while ago.
0: Right. Uh, yeah. It's all what BMW calls their G chassis. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, that's that's all different. Our M5s on order, we'll be getting, we should see that probably at the beginning of the first quarter.
1: 600 out the door now, 600, right? yeah. Yeah. So. They're definitely, the one thing I noticed is, like, those, their caddy really started pushing those guys as far as the numbers went. Yep. Uh, You know, and the, there's a lot of regards in which, you know, they all have their trade-offs. But, like, when they came to the market, I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Because now everybody's trying to match those numbers. Sure. And, uh, yeah, the, I mean, the M5 was already a rocket, never mind the fact that you yeah, just had no, another absolutely. 50 horsepower on the damn yeah. thing. Uh, what else has changed in that car since they revised it?
0: Uh, well, as I said, the, uh, the the all-wheel steer. There's supposed to be the optional. Um, well, it's all-wheel drive. The 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 will be yeah. all-wheel drive, but there's supposed to be an optional shut off the front, so it's rear drive only.
1: Okay, so burnout mode, basically. Yeah,
0: basically, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's 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 yeah. There's a lot of the marketing stuff that's going on right now. Until we actually get it, you know, we don't. I don't. I on my on my side of the building don't pay a lot of attention to it. Um, so when he when comes in, I mean, they come into our shop, and the first thing that goes up in the air, and everything comes off of it. So,
1: once you're done with a 550, how close is that to the? Uh, is that is that that's going to be scraping right at the M5 yeah. out the door? Historically,
0: right? It's, it's right up there. Right? Yeah, and we do. I mean, a, a lot of our customer base is just that guy can't afford the M5. I'll get the M, the, the 550, right? And you know, for you know, probably twenty thousand dollars less, I can get close to that.
1: Well, and that's that was especially in like the the E ninety E ninety two days. The 335s were so close to the M three yeah. that you know I don't really see them as losing that much. I mean, you put a set of coilovers on it, and they're pretty, yeah, they're pretty damn close. No, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah. So, in terms of so powertrain and everything, we know what's going on with those. This mm-hmm. What's it like dealing with the transmissions in these modern cars? Um, because BMW's kind of, you know, they're putting a lot of dual clutches and stuff mm-hmm. now. Is there any conventional automatics left in their lineup, or? Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, actually, the, the the dual clutches for the most part are just in the just the M stuff, uh, either the the yeah, the M cars themselves or the M performance cars. Okay. Uh, but so yeah, so there's still a lot of automatic transmissions that uh, that are in our in our product mix, if you will, um, and. They've done a really, really good job of improving them over the years, so that a lot of the uh, the overall automatic drivability is is kind of gone, and we really yeah. we really enjoy driving. Oh, that's right!
1: I forgot. Like the uh, the M two thirty five, you can get that with the ZF eight speed, right? I think that's what they're using. Yes. Yeah. 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 Which is ZF eight speed's is a great transmission. No, yeah, no, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Well, the fundamental design of it. Some manufacturers managed to mess it up a little bit, but it's a good transmission and it's fundamental. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So what about the dual clutches? How are those holding up? Because that's kind of yes. BMW's had them for a couple of generations mm-hmm. now, but that's still new as far as transmission yeah, no, they, goes.
0: You know, honestly, um, they had some problems with the electronics uh, with, with the electronics in them for the first. Three years, two, three years, so two thousand and seven, eight, nine. Yeah, uh, they seem to have sorted that out. Uh, I don't see problems with with the, with the DCTs, um, and and they're they're putting a lot of power through those things, and they're holding up really well.
1: Yeah, I was talking to the, I had the uh, gentleman from Center Force on earlier today, mm-hmm. and we were talking about some of the dual clutch technology. Are the BMW transmissions are those actually wet clutches or dry clutches in those? I believe they're wec Okay. Well, that would account for... I think everybody's kind of, like, looking at what Porsche did and, like, going, uh-huh. and, eh, let's try and reproduce. Not to take anything away from what BMW might be doing, oh, yeah, but all yeah. oh, that PDK setup is
0: freaking yeah.
1: amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah, that and... I think the only one other, other one that I felt it was that good was, like, in a 458.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever uh, had that opportunity. So. If you do,
1: please take it. Uh-huh. They're lovely. Um... But yeah, it's it's. I'm very curious to see how some of this new stuff works out. Obviously, we talked about like the direct injection stuff, right. and you know, dual clutch is something that's getting more and more pervasive. Like mm-hmm. Ford famously put the dual clutch in the Focus, and now they've got massive. They've, there's a class action suit against them because of it.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. Um,
1: you know, so everybody's not exactly hitting it out of the park with these things, but it's it's new tech, so it's like we're having these teething problems on sure. a lot of these things right now, um, and obviously, the direct injection being one of them. How sure. is the um, at this point the, the carbon issue going on in those motors have they pretty much taken care of that? Yeah
0: I mean it's something that I saw a lot of in the late 2000 2008, 9, 10 yeah. era um, BMW put in a lot of uh, procedures in place to take care of the issue so to speak uh, so the, the procedure is still there. I don't see anywhere near the the, the
1: newer cars. The just newer cars that. having that. Problem. Did they actually put
0: another injector in upstream? Or uh, I've heard a lot of people talk about doing that as a way to do it, and it makes sense. But Toyota so no and
1: Subaru did it with the BRZ FRS stuff. Sure, yeah, yeah, which makes all the sense in the world. No, absolutely, squirt a little fuel in there. Absolutely, so you're burn right. it anyway.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, so I, you know, it, it's it, it's not a, as pervasive a problem as it was. Ten years ago, eight years ago, it was huge.
1: Well, that's always been the concern: is a lot of these turbo cars that are doing direct injection now. Like my my Fiesta's got a little bit of carbon buildup at twenty thousand miles. Sure, I mean that's 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 how long it took. Right, you know, it's it's an endemic problem to that. But yeah, it seems absolutely. Like BMW was early on the game as far as direct injection goes, and so was General Motors. Yeah,
0: we were, I, we were we were BMW was in I said two thousand seven ish. Um, Cadillac was in that game. Volkswagen fought the same thing. Volkswagen, yep. Audi fought the
1: same thing. Yep.
0: I mean, all, all of all of the companies that got into it early, they were all fighting the exact same. Yeah, evils. I think evils.
1: BMW's been. I mean, they went from having, you know, famous problems to it to, to really turning that around. I mean, I don't yeah. really hear about fuel system problems at all in those cars anymore. But I mean, that's good to know that they sorted that out because that make, gives me a lot more confidence in like. You know, people always ask me, oh, what can I buy? What can I buy? And frankly, I tell them a lot of times, if you're buying something German, buy it from CarMax and get the warranty. Right. That gives me a little more confidence to go, okay, well, they sorted that out now. Yeah. So.
0: And like I said, as we were talking earlier, a lot of the issues that they had uh, BMW extended their warranties uh, to as long as 120,000 miles. Yeah. Basically embracing their responsibility, which they've always been a phenomenal company to do that. Um,
1: well, you got to start it. I mean, everybody's got to start playing that warranty game because the Koreans are knocking. Yep. Yeah. You know? And those cars are really, really reliable, and they'll warranty them for. Ever, they got some pretty
0: cool stuff coming out.
1: They do the uh, that new turbo motor they have is pretty nice. Yeah. Um, but you know you got that, and I'm really looking forward to seeing um, the new G70 setup they yeah. got coming out because uh is actually out front. They're doing test drives with all the Stingers, uh-huh. which of course the G70 is based off a shortened version of that platform. Right. So it's another another M3 competitor, if you will. Yeah. Uh, something tells me they're going to do well with it.
0: No, it looks it looks like a lot of promise in that.
1: Yeah, I remember when those cars were garbage. Oh
0: yeah, no, absolutely those the original throwaways.
1: I, when I was in high school, they were advertising brand new Kias for eight thousand dollars, and now there's nothing wrong with them. No, exactly. Yeah. You know? once again, come back to the appliance thing. Most of the stuff. A-
0: absolutely right.
1: You know, because there's always going to be the upper echelon of the market, and then there's going to be the, the people that need it for the status symbol. Uh, and then there's going to be people, people like us that just want to screw around and stuff and have fun with it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely.
1: So, yeah. Um, all right. What should, uh, if you want to leave anybody with anything here, what would you like, what would that message be to deliver before we wrap up today?
0: Uh, you know, I, I really think that um, that the, the, the direction that we're going is is really exciting for us. Like I said, coming back to our DNA. Um, and, and reembracing the Mini is really cool, mm-hmm. um, and starting to put a lot more a lot more attention on the BMW uh, product line as a whole, kind um, of a refocusing. Refocusing, and and you mentioned AMG, um, and one of the things that we during our our lost times this past summer uh, we started playing with some Mercedes with some AMGs. And the uh, reception from the Mercedes market was huge.
1: They are a very S- rabid market.
0: Oh, my God. We those, never thought about that. Those
1: motors make a shit ton of power, too. So, yeah. So,
0: we we are well... You're going to see some stuff from us on the AMG side. Oh, that's the, still cooking. Okay. Absolutely. It just, uh, you know, we just got a couple of new developments on that recently that we're making some serious power out of these things.
1: I, I, um, I know a shop in Florida that I will leave without name, and I'm sure you know who I'm talking about uh that they're pulling, you know, 700, 800 horsepower out of those oh, yeah. out of those V8s and not stressing them.
0: Yeah. No, it's yeah. It's uh, we're we're going to when we go to market with this whole thing, we're going to uh we're going to bring the 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 and warranty with it so that we are we'll be the first guys to really bring something like that to the Mercedes market and and to give them peace of mind with it.
1: I find it hilarious that we've got we've got the M mark and we've got the AMG mark that we're both you know, if you will, kind of bolt on to the original factory of like, okay, now we need to build something fast. So they built these divisions out, you know, and now we're going. Oh, that's not fast enough. We need these. Right. We need we're we need dining to come <laughs> along and add even more on top of it. Uh, absolutely. That's what puts a smile on our face, though, right? There we go. So okay, I think, uh, and of course, dining diningcars. dot com, right? Diningcars. dot com. Absolutely. Uh, see, look at that. I even remember that. that from last year. Uh-huh. I've had. I I've, well. I, I it's been more years than that. It was just last year was the first time you were on.
0: No, I think I think you're I think this is my third. You know what I think?
1: I think we had you on Smoke and tire. Oh, I there you that's go. It was. That's right. Exactly. So, um dynacars.com. Dan, it's been a pleasure once again. I enjoyed it. Thank uh, you. This is Sema 2017 uh, Magnaflow. Thank you so much again. Go guys, go buy Magnaflow stuff not just because like they're putting us up on a stage here. But their stuff is great. I've got it on my cars. It fits really well, and uh, they build a lot of stuff that's on cars that you don't even know about. So, all right, Dan, thanks again. Thanks, Chris.